afternoon, everybody. It is Thursday afternoon, and it is now time for Inside the Eye Live Prime Time. Hey, Fetch. Hey, Fetch. Quiet, quiet. Go ahead. She's she's asking a question. Don't be rude. Don't be rude. Hey, Fetch. Did that woman really say you have garnets of steel and a mind like a freaking laser? Mary, you can't be asking questions like that. This is Inside the Guy Live Prime Time. Why not? Aren't we broadcasting from the Middle East? Well, yeah, but we might be seen as being politically incorrect. You know, the problem is everybody dumps people when there's a, like a sign of, of political incorrectness. Echan, you're always politically correct. Heck, thanks. Does, does that mean we can talk about dumping the Israelis tomorrow? Oh, I'm sure you will probably say quite a bit more than that. And now coming to you live from somewhere in the Middle East, this is Inside the Eye Live Primetime with your host, The Fetch. All right. Thank you very much for that, Mary. And from Riyadh, this is indeed The Fetch. And you are indeed listening to Inside the Eye Live. <clears throat> Give my voice back. I haven't spoken all day. Uh, inside the Ally Prime Time again. Today's date is Thursday. Uh, what is it? September the 25th? No, 24th for you guys, 2020. And a good Thursday afternoon, early evening to everybody listening out there in the United States and Canada. And a good, l- really late Friday, I guess it is, to early, what is it? No, late Thursday to early Friday. I think I got that right. And it was a late Thursday evening to early Friday morning to all of you listening. In European and Asian time zones, and of course, wherever you are listening out there on the World Wide Web, excuse me, or our FM and micro FM broadcasting outlets, may all be well with you and yours. Uh, you know, Mike, you know, I'm using, I'm not using Microsoft. I've actually dropped using Microsoft. I'm using uh, Office, Open Office, but you know, when you touch the screen and you go to scroll on Open Office, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. That ain't good. Anyways, we are officially into the fall season, which indeed is my favorite time of year. Nothing beats, quite frankly, the beauty and the majesty of watching nature turn to vibrant colors while the winds turn a bit brisker and the days a bit chillier. Of course, here in Saudi, we too are waiting uh, in anticipation for the summer to finally break. You can feel Really, the anticipation in the air, at least for me, is days don't seem to get so hot while the evenings do seem to be a bit cooler now. In fact, last night was the very first night I slept without the air conditioner, preferring instead to sleep with the ceiling fan and the window open. And for the most part, I was comfortable enough. Now, today we hit a high of 103 degrees again, under largely sunny skies and a light to moderate breeze. We're currently sitting at 82 degrees at just after 1 o'clock in the morning, and we're going to be going down to a low of 75 degrees in the hour before sunrise. Now, winds are very light, 7 miles per hour out of the northeast. So it's a very comfortable evening, quite frankly, if you're out and about. Uh, I'm going to have to go up and try my roof pretty soon. You know, funny, I'm on vacation. It's a uh, national holiday. We were instructed, you are not allowed to work. You're not allowed to work. Don't work. As if that's going to be a hard thing to talk to us, right? So we're not allowed to work. So I'm staying home the last two days and really staying up way too late. I think two days ago I was up to five. Yesterday I was up to four. And uh, what can I say? I'm a night person. 
And today I'll be up till four because, you know, it's my schedule. But, um, what can I say? It's just been, uh, you know, a, a nice time, but I actually lost track of time for a second. Yesterday I was doing something and I looked at the time and it said Thursday, uh, 2.20 in the morning. And I'm like, oh my gosh. You forgot to do the show, man. Oh my gosh, you missed the show. It's 2.20, it's too late. And I'm like, semi-actually panicking. I lost track of the day. I'm like, oh no, 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 stupid, stupid dude. Dude, it's Friday. You're on on Friday, not Thursday morning. So anyways, that was a good thing. So we got a nice show we hope lined up. Actually, we don't know. It's just going to be another show. But we tend to think they're pretty nice. Uh, Saturday, we got a special guest. You're going to want to tune in Saturday. I've got... A special guest, uh, Miss Georgia Peach is going to be coming on, former KSCO radio host. Uh, I think we've changed, I think we've exchanged uh, contact details, but you're going to definitely want to call in, or not call in, but tune in to the uh, 12 o'clock hour. If you want to skip me for hours one and two, I understand, but you're going to want to talk or at least tune in on the 12 o'clock hour. <clears throat> You know, it's National Day here, so National Day is technically the 23rd. It fell, what is that, Wednesday, since this the weeks here are actually Friday, Saturday is the weekend. Since National Day came in on a Wednesday, they also issued to the government Thursday off. So that means Wednesday, Thursday, then Friday's a holiday. Saturday is the Saturday. I sometimes work, I sometimes don't. And then back to work on Sunday. So we're looking at a potential four-day weekend here, which is actually pretty nice when you think about it. Now, it's a lot of national patriotism, as you can imagine. If you're tuning in, getting local ads or something, a lot of patriotic stuff going around. And that's okay. I think everybody deserves that. Certainly we in America, we certainly do that also. So we always wish everybody the best. Those who are trying to make their countries and their people better, uh, we appreciate that. Now, if you're trying to suppress and oppress, uh, obviously people have issues with those. And we have our own issues. You know, I saw something Rather interesting, you have Prince Harry, I think his name is Prince Harry, I don't know, and Meghan Markle, The uh, we did kind of a show on that when those two got married, and I talked about the Grand Primate, <laughs> something like that, uh, who oversaw the wedding, and the Grand Primate was a black guy, so you know, that you couldn't call me racist, because that was his name, He's the, that's his title, he's the Grand Primate, and, uh, but anyway, sh- they, both of these guys have been tweeting out, Really politically sensitive messages. Now, if you're a visitor anywhere, basically, really anywhere, if you're like in Mexico, I know they have a very strict policy of foreign nationals as visitors getting involved in any election activity. Jordan, the same. You really cannot get, excuse me, you can't uh, get involved in the local Jordanian systems. I've met politicians and I've certainly talked to you know, senators and people of that nature over there, but I never got involved. You know, I'm not actually even making any recommendations to them. Uh, here in Saudi, absolutely forbidden. You don't want to be involved in getting in, into any political issues here. So my question to the American immigration authorities is, why are you not investigating every single 
person who is on a visit visa in America who is engaging in political activities. Every single one of them. And I don't care if they're newscasters working for some news agency, even if it's CNN. If they are a guest in our country, they should not engage in any political activity. And the American people and the American government should have an absolute zero tolerance policy on these issues. We have enough problems on our hands managing the internal political environment as it is without having a ton of these foreign nationals inside the country making their voices known and then taking sides with something that would be absolutely disastrous for the American people. And that, of course, I'm talking about the Democratic Party, the George Soros factions, the organized crime syndicates like the Hillary Rodham Clintons, the absolute incapacity of a Joe Biden. There's no way, guys, there's no way looking at the American political scene this year that we should have a Joe Biden even qualified to be on the ticket. The man is not in a capacity to run a country, period. He should not be even on a ticket. He should be literally sent out to pasture and retired. And that's not a bad thing. He's an older guy. Uh, it's okay. Retire, dude. Now you're a criminal and you're probably a pedophile or a pederast, I should say. So we should probably be out after you. And I don't care if you spend your last few days in jail. That's probably deserved based on what we are hearing coming out of Ukraine and what we observe, quite frankly, in everyday activity, watching you as Biden going out there and fondling young girls and fondling this and fondling that. It's like, man, dude, you can't even control yourself in public. You're a complete embarrassment. And yet people in the media, which is largely a Jewish-run construction, they kind of gloss over it. They, they don't say it. Hey, Joe's one of us, man. Joe's one of us. We're all Pinterest. All right, we're back. I assume that just perhaps, just perhaps, somebody didn't like me talking about Joe Biden. No, I'm not a conspiracy guy. I'm not on a dedicated circuit. We are using uh, 4G here, which is uh, in Saudi. It's actually pretty darn good, to be honest with you. But I'm in the back of the house. Signal looks good. Everything's fine. But uh, I'll tell you what, we do from time to time lose the signal. So that was either on me or the studio. But, hey, we're back. All right. Let's get the show going. Lots of stuff. I want to first talk about, uh, we want to discuss, uh, I think Fauci. Fauci is by any, by any, I don't know, observation, I guess, is a globalist. He's a new world orderist. He's a fraud. He's fake. He's plastic. He's a liar, quite frankly. Uh, he's unethical. He's dishonest. He's destructive. He is a vaccine salesman. He's a peddler for vaccines. He has deep ties to uh, Bill Gates and whoever is even behind Bill Gates, presumably. So this guy is not somebody, quite frankly, that we would want to have anywhere near the halls of power. Uh, he was actually sparring, uh, I believe it was yesterday or maybe a day or so ago, I think yesterday with Rand Paul, who is also a doctor. And Rand Paul saying, hey, look, you know, don't you have any, any, um, what did he say? Well, hell, let's just let Rand Paul say it. Do you have any second thoughts about your mitigation recommendations, considering the evidence that despite all of the things we've done to the U.S., our death rate is essentially 
worse than Sweden, equivalent to the less developed world that is unable to do any of the things that you've been promoting? Do you have any second thoughts? Are you willing to look at the data that countries that did very little actually have a lower death rate than the United States? You know, Senator, I'd be happy at a different time to sit down and go over detail. You've said a lot of different things. You've compared us to Sweden And there are a lot of differences. And you said, well, you know, there are a lot of differences between Sweden. But compare Sweden's death rate to other comparable uh, uh, Scandinavian countries. It's worse. So I don't think it's appropriate to compare Sweden with us. I actually don't know if it's worse. I would assume that based on the frauds that these guys are doing, uh, it maybe statistically looks worse, but... Their economy is doing fine. They're not shut down. They don't have a totalitarian agenda. They don't have a bunch of totalitarian jackasses uh, running around through various cities and counties and states, shutting everything down, playing God over everybody. So, again, this Fauci guy, again, he's trying to sell and peddle this story. But uh, for the most part, I think Rand Paul has this guy pegged. Yes, we have... I, I think in the in, in the beginning, we've done things based on the knowledge we had at the time. And hopefully, and I am, and my colleagues are humble enough and modest enough to realize that as new data comes, you make different recommendations. Now, the problem with all of these statements is that Fauci's lying through his teeth. He's made so many mistakes in this thing, and he has caused so much real turmoil and damage to the American people, to the American economy. That Fauci is somebody that literally should be executed. I'm not kidding here. He should be executed. This is what would happen in other regimes around the world. And the American people should not tolerate an absolute abject liar who has gone about and lied to push and peddle an agenda to the destruction of the United States of America. This layer of mis- or abuse of power should never be tolerated in our society. The guy is an enemy of the state. He is an enemy of the people. He clearly has worked against the United States, for sure. And the the idea that he, oh, well, we made some mistakes. That's always the line these idiots give us. Oh, we're such geniuses. We've been on the job for 45 years. But we just made a bunch of mistakes. No. There is no tolerating what was not a mistake. He willfully went and played a game, played Trump like a fiddle, because Trump wasn't smart enough to figure this guy out from day one, and sent the economy and the American nation into a tailspin that now sees riots and, you know, riots in the, in the streets and, and, uh, police, you know, being actually police, I don't know, I'll talk about the police later. Uh, but it's just an absolute nightmare what's going on, quite frankly. And it's not just the United States, it's the UK, it's pretty much everywhere. It's not so bad here. This place internally is not a basket case, so per se, to be honest with you. It's pretty pretty lenient. People are antsy. They want to get back, not to work, because people are working now. They want to be able to travel. But we can't travel because of all the, really, the clueless clowns all over the world. We can't open up any air corridors because everybody else is shut too. And all because of people like Fauci. Yes, we have, 
I, I think in the, in, in the beginning, we've done things based on the knowledge we had at the time. And hopefully, and I am, and my colleagues are humble enough and modest enough to realize that as new data comes, you make different recommendations. But I don't regret saying that the only way we could have really stopped the explosion of infection was by essentially, um, I want to say shutting down, I mean essentially having the physical separation and the kinds of recommendations that we've made. But you've been a big fan of Cuomo and the shutdown in New York. Okay. You've lauded New York for their policy. New York had the highest death rate in the world. How yeah. could we possibly be jumping up and down and saying, oh, Governor Cuomo did a great no. job. He had the worst death rate in the world. No, you misconstrued that, Senator, and you've done that repetitively in the past. They got hit very badly. They've made some mistakes, right? Now, imagine that. He's talking about how they made some mistakes. No, he willfully murdered a lot of people, Fauci, all to get the death count up so that people like you wouldn't look like complete total idiots and you still look like an idiot because he couldn't kill enough people. That's the reality of New York. That's the reality of Michigan. That's the reality of California. That's the reality of Pennsylvania. And I believe another state, New Jersey, those five states, I mean, you're talking about New York is accounting for like 40% of the so-called deaths. And we got more on that as we get in deeper into this story. But Fauci, again, is completely disingenuous and dishonest here. He is trying to just gloss this over by going on a counterattack. But the reality of it is, is Fauci has been lauding these massive totalitarian shutdowns. And the people, quite frankly, the people should come to a Fauci and demand a totalitarian shutdown of Fauci. If Fauci can play the totalitarian lockdown game, the people should be playing the totalitarian lockdown game against Fauci, against Burks, against the CDC, against the FDA, against the governors, against the mayors, against the judges. Everybody who has pushed this fraud on the American people should be visited with a totalitarian nightmare equal or worse than what they have imposed upon the American people. That would be my take on this thing. You simply cannot have this level of incompetency by government officials, and it's not incompetence, guys. This is a conspiracy. Understand, it is a conspiracy to take down the United States of America and make a color revolution change of the government. Now, if you look at what's going on right now, the things that are going on in New York to get their test positivity 1% or less is because they are looking at the guidelines that we have put together from the task force of the four or five things of masks, social distancing, outdoors, more than indoors, avoiding crowds, and washing hands. Or they've developed enough community immunity right. that they're no longer having the pandemic because they have enough immunity in New York City to actually stop. I challenge that. Uh, you know, Fauci can challenge that all he wants, dude. But this is a virus. I mean, we have over a hundred years of epidemiology studies of viruses. They follow a particular pattern. They follow a particular curve. Now, any, any, let's just say, I don't want to say idiot because you got to have some brains here, but any casual observer of history of this can grasp that this thing is going to be dying out. 
It's just common sense. And they're rushing this vaccine into coronavirus. It's going to morph. It's going to be like a flu. You're not going to be able to save everybody. That's unfortunately, that's nature. That's life. But Fauci, he can talk all he wants, but it's not going to work anymore, at least here in the United States. But here's the thing about Fauci and the rest of these clowns. You know, they're talking about the guidance and the CDC and all of this other stupid stuff. Well, the CDC, they've gone out and now we know, and of course this was a report that went out uh, back in July. The CDC, they contributed over 8,000 donations to the Democratic Party and they had five donations to Republican causes. Understand the difference here between 8,000 to the Democratic Party and Democratic Progressive Party or, or causes and a whole handful, five, to Republican causes. The CDC is the opposition. The CDC is the Democratic Party. Think about that for a second. The CDC is the opposition here. If you think that 8,000 donations to Democratic causes is not going to have a bearing on the decisions by those within the CDC, you're fooling yourself. These are people. They've donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to Act Blue, which is the same place that you would donate if you want to fund Black Lives Matter. Now, are you going to tell me that the CDC is not the opposition at this stage of the game? The CDC is absolutely 100% part of the opposition. Now, there were employee contributions that included people from epidemiologists, public health advisors, economists, physicians, and health communication specialists. And they're working in Atlanta, and they're working at Washington, and they're going to tell us that somehow their ability to remain neutral when they are out there funding the Democratic Party, financing the revolt against the American people, is somehow they're going to be somehow neutral in all of this when they're doing all of these financial issues. So they've made a, actually $285,000 to Trump and to Republican causes. I think it was less than $2,000 total. Only five contributions, in fact, went out to, again, to uh, Republicans, and only one of those was over $1,000. The contributors, of course, are serving within the CDC at so many different areas, from information technology, etc., even the chief financial officer. Now, how can we sit there and say to ourselves that the CDC is not an enemy of the American people. If we view Black Lives Matter as an insurrectionist Marxist movement, and we see that the CDC is actively engaging in funding Act Blue, which is the same organization you would be donating money to if you were to click on a Black Lives Matter website, then how can we not see the CDC as part of the insurrection? of the takeover or the insurrection and attempted takeover at this stage of the United States of America. Now here's the thing. We have everybody lying. Fauci lied. 
Bergs lied. Redfield lied. The FDA people were lying. The WHO, World Health Organization, was lying. Everybody's lying. The media's lying. The CDC's lying. The Democrats are lying. Doctors are lying. And everybody, or every single one of these, I should say, is in a position of trust. So it's not about the election, or it really is all about the election. This is part of a conspiracy that Fauci and Burks and Redfield and all of these other corporate elements behind, they're all involved in this. You know, I was watching or listening, really, to Trump on a sports show called Outkick. It's actually, I enjoy it. It's at least the guy's not like crazy. He speaks a little bit like us, right? And uh, Trump was there the other day. And all Trump does is talks about the vaccine. The vaccine's on the way. The vaccine's on. I don't understand where Trump is going with this. Quite frankly, I just don't get it. You know, if you look at various states out there like Hawaii, which is like in a different planet, right? It's 5,000 miles off the coast of uh, California. They are under huge duress. And we got a lot more on that coming up. We're going into a break, everybody, so uh, call back after the break. It's the Fetch Inside the Eye Live Prime Time. Back with more after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's the Fetch Inside the Eye Live Intelligent Media. Really, it's Inside the Eye Live Prime Time. Uh, going out to Texas, Bruce in Texas. Hi, welcome to Inside the Eye Live Prime Time. Hey, hello, Fetch. How am I coming in? You're coming in very loud and clear, which is good. Yeah, great. Okay. I thought I'd give you a, a quick report here on what's going on in Texas. The, okay, cool. Uh, at least in my neck of the woods here on the Gulf Coast here around Houston. It looks like the masks are coming off pretty much. Uh, mostly from men, you know, working, working type men and even the business types. Uh, you just don't see them as much. Well, you know, they wear them, you know, like I have to when you go into a store, but just going day to day or even at the workplace. The only people I see that are wearing masks are basically females and minority females, especially. And for some reason, adult black males seem to be totally paranoid of the virus still. They, they have, they almost always have a mask. Well, you know, some would, a racist communist would say they feel natural in a mask, dude. So, um, at least some of them. So maybe it's, it's a good thing. I don't know. But that's, that's racist. You know, you can't be saying stuff like that. But yeah, here too. Here too. I mean, I'll go into government buildings and people will be obviously wearing the mask. But once you get into people's offices, the masks come down. And, uh, pretty much I haven't really worn the mask at all the whole time. Uh, for the most part, you wear it where you feel you need to just because you want to get by. Uh, but, uh, yeah, same here, man. Uh, it's good to see. I think people are finally starting to get that, you know, it's, we got to move on. It's, it's time to work. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I'm not even wearing a mask. I wear a scarf. It's kind of cool, actually. It's like I'm robbing a bank or something in the Wild West, you know. <laughs> Yeah, did you, did you see the, did you see, I think it was a Spirit Airlines, these freaking literal nutcases. I mean, you, you have to be crazy. A guy is sitting in his chair and he's got like a, it looks kind of like a semi-dirty old, at least it's very well washed and worn bandana, American flag type of bandana. 
and he's wearing it. And can you imagine going up as some snowflake uh, employee of an airline and telling the guy he has to take off that American? It's like, dude, are you okay or what, man? I'll tell you, the snowflake mentality out there, that's what gets me. Yeah, definitely. You know, I've, I've, I've raised this. Maybe I have before, but just so you know, when you're talking about Fauci and the CDC, yep. USA Jobs, it's still up. Uh, it closed uh, on uh, May 15th. The job opening was November 15th, 2019. They were hiring uh Quarantine program directors, GS 9 to 11, 51,000 to 93,000 per year for Anchorage, Alaska, Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco, Miami, Atlanta, Chicago. All this on November 15th and the job description assist in planning and implementing a program for preventing the importation of communicable diseases from abroad and spread of these diseases domestically, et cetera, et cetera. You know, that's quite a coincidence. Well, um, not just that, but you know, on. they got the program started November 15th. Yeah, I think in October they did the dry run too, and I think in Switzerland. Uh, I don't know if it was mm-hmm. Davos or whatever, and then you've got the Rockefeller lockdown thing from 2010. This has been a long planned operation, and the fact that it just quote unquote came from China. Uh, with all due respect to Trump, it's like, come on, dude. You have to know that it's not just China here. Uh, you have a ton of enemies inside the United States that are in on this gig, and we're part of the problem. Yeah, and they're trying to make it stretch it to until we get that, that they can reap in, reap in the profits from their, uh, from their uh, inoculation, you know. I'm not yeah. going to take it. No, no, no. So no hopefully way. it all fall apart. You know, I think in the 70s we did that quick inoculation and we had massive, uh, massive harm done to American citizens. They rushed this vaccine through and during the Gerald Ford administration and we had a ton of people getting deathly sick, uh, maimed, etc. from the vaccine. So I suspect uh, we'll have the same thing with this. I mean... These guys don't care. They just want profit. And who knows what the hell they're putting this in this stuff. All right. That's all I got right. for today. Thanks. Thanks. All right. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Bruce. That's Bruce in Texas, everybody. That's 323, if you're in the area code 1, of course, 323-275-1314. That's 1323-275-1314. A one three one four. If you'd like to get into the door, this is, of course, this is sponsored and supported. It's uh, relies upon your donations to help keep the networks alive, up and running. As you know, we really had some actual very serious uh, technical issues going back into August, and then uh, just got behind. Then we had more technical issues with our website too. But most of this stuff has now been cleared up and resolved. So. I've started posting again. We got four more new articles up. That's four more new shows. The actual sidebar is updated. So I'll tell you, we had some shows over the summer that had over 6,000 hits. Whether you listen to the whole show or not, I would not know. But we have had some shows over 6,000, which would be very good for us. Uh, 4,000, we've had more than a few shows above 4,000. But, of course, since August, we've had nothing because I haven't been posting. I didn't realize just how important 
uh, my website was to driving traffic to the shows. So I really going to have to uh, work with you guys and just try to get the product out because I haven't been doing it. You know, we've been, uh, what can I say? It's been a difficult time here. Not difficult. I want to, you know what I mean? It's, it's relative, you know, it's just stress wanting to get home, wanting to get out and then finding you can't leave, you can't leave. And then all of a sudden you're diluted with opportunity, which of course for a lot of everybody, that's a good thing, right? It, it really is a good thing, but, uh, it just means that you're stuck for further and nobody's complaining, but it's just stressful. You know, you, every day you call home, every day you want to see what's going on. And you just can't get out there. Now, what's going to happen is uh, the Citizen Reporter has signed a, a pretty decent long-term thing. I haven't been running her shows. I'm going to talk to her this week and try to get some information and do this properly for her. But she's been like somewhat behind the scenes sponsoring the ITEL Cat Report for Thursdays, which is really, really good. The Oive moment is available still. We are not... Haven't, we haven't accepted anything there. I think we got about three, three emails, uh, that I just haven't responded to. My apologies on that. There's been literally, I swear, actually it's been amazing, over a hundred emails coming in a week now. It's been very interesting to see how many emails all of a sudden are coming in. So obviously, thank you so much for the support in that regard. So. Without uh, saying anything more, we don't want to get into too much of an ITEL cat report today. We're going to run it officially next week. The Oive moment is we're going to go out to, I think, the U.K. for this one. No, I'm not going to go out to the U.K. if I do that uh, because I just blanked it off the screen, which wasn't very smart. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Go back. There it is. You know, there's a city in... Uh, the UK, I think it's called Preston. And big headline, boys, terrible stuff. I've never seen anything this, this scary or, uh, intimidating in my life. But in the city of Preston, get this everybody, there's been new not see graffiti just days after a swastika was removed. Wow. Wow, just a couple days after someone removed a swastika, new Nazi graffiti showed up. And LANCS Live, to you clowns out there, this is news? You got nothing better to report on than a swastika being removed? Of all the things going on in the world, you ought to talk about a swastika? And then you show this stupid brick building with a white swastika on it, spray painted loosely there. And it says Nazi graffiti opposite the Brook Tavern pub in Plungington, Proston. Oh my gosh, this is so deadly serious. And it's so serious that the police, the police are investigating and it's underway. And there's been further fascist graffiti that's been scrawled on a, get this everybody, a Preston wall. Wow. And that's just days after council officers covered up a swastika. Man, the amazing fear factor that Jews have about a symbol. 
It is so scary. It is absolutely intimidating. You know, I ended up, seriously, guys, when I saw that first article and I, I saw the swastika on this brick wall, my knees were shaking so bad, I now have bruises on them. It's terrible. My goodness, I want to call the local Jewish community and say, wow, I'm so scared for you. Oh, my goodness. But but if I shake my knees more, I'm going to maybe have terminal bruising in my knees. And that's a bad thing. I'm kind of getting old. Maybe, maybe I'm not going to heal so much. So, again, Tuesday afternoon, uh, a swastika and the number 1914. Wow. 1914. You know what's funny about us in America? We see so much anti-white stuff going on. We see so much absolute really kind of like you could call it hate-filled graffiti. And you know what? Being white, having this white privilege and this white intellect and this white courage, it doesn't phase us a bit. And for the most part, we move on. We know we're able to move. But to a Jew, I got to ask you guys, why do you panic so much? Do you realize we have Jewish professors calling for the genocide of the white race? Do you realize we have Jewish activists calling for the mass destruction of European Americans? Do you realize we have Jewish groups calling for the wholesale destruction of Europe and forcing it to become completely diversified so that Europe is going to die? Do you Jews understand what's going on here and that you make a big headline over a swastika on a, a brick wall? Are you guys kidding me? Are you guys okay? Because really, when we look at the Jewish community, we have to see just a complete snowflake, I don't know, paranoid, delusional society that really should not be in our countries anymore. They should get out. They should go make Aliyah and go to Israel where they could be surrounded by all these Jews. And then if somebody tries to paint a swastika instead of wasting our police force, they could just go send their police force and just shoot people. Yeah, that's a good thing, right, Jews? Yeah, we get it, guys. We get the fact that you're wasting our time. You're wasting our resources. You're wasting our press space all because of a bunch of nonsense that you Jews think is so damned important. And quite frankly, nobody gives a damn anymore. What we give a damn is all of these Jews out there taking away our freedoms. All of these Jews out there being guests in our country and telling us what we can and can't say inside of our own countries. What we really do care about is having these Jewish organizations buying up our politicians and then telling us we have to be loyal to the Jewish state before we're even allowed to get contracts in our own countries. Those are things we worry about. But to a Jew, we're supposed to be panicked over some stupid, nonsensical, half-painted swastika on a brick wall somewhere. These guys are completely, absolutely insane. I don't know what to say about this other than we are staring at the face of a culture of lunatics. Seriously. I'm surprised this wasn't splashed all over the New York Times and CNBC and Disney and every other major Jewish publication out there. This should have been headline news. You know what? 
I think was headline news was you had Ilhan Omer. She's, of course, a darling of the Jewish left. Why is she a darling of the Jewish left? Because in spite of her quote-unquote anti-Semitism, she serves a larger purpose of leading the Somalian community in the wholesale destruction of American cities. That's the reality of what's happening with Ilhan Omar. So she gets to have pretty good airplay. She gives a lot of leeway in spite of her quote-unquote anti-Semitism. And the only thing they talk about is Jews and anti-Semitism. And she's a Somalian. And she's up, we're talking to the New York Times. It's like, what the hell's with this? How about talk about Whitey? How about talk about how you came into a pristine Nordic country and you, meaning Minneapolis, it was like pristine at the time. I remember it was pretty good. I went there back in the 90s. And and now it's unrecognizable. It, it It's basically a war-torn little Mogadishu. Well, let's talk about the fact that Somalians just shouldn't be here. They, we don't have a need for them. There's no jobs for them. We don't need them to be cutting our chickens. We can do the labor ourselves. Thank you very much. Our, oh, wait a minute. They're Jewish and they're Chinese owned processing plants. And I guess you want cheap labor. So you want to get rid of Whitey and bring in all this cheap labor and kick Whitey out. I'll tell you a personal story. A personal story. I was, uh, Born to a 16-year-old mother at the time. Not aborted. Thank goodness for that, right? And so she wasn't necessarily the brightest cookie on the street, from what I could understand. And nothing personal. I don't even know if she's still alive, quite frankly. I know I have like seven half-brothers out there, sisters and that. I'm the oldest of all of them. And Well, she was 16, so you can kind of get that, right? But I received a letter from her way back in the 80s. I never reached out to her. And you know what? She told me, and she would be a white person, right? German-Irish. And she told me at the time that that basically cleaning chickens in the poultry plant gave her so much self-esteem. And that's the thing people need to remember here is that not every white person out there is gifted. Not every white person has a talent to go into a senior-level position. We should be providing labor, work for every single one of our people. And that includes those who may not be as talented as we are personally, which would even be going down then into my family. I received a letter from somebody who was kind of close to me, uh, a mother, right? A birth mother saying how it gave her such self-esteem. See, so we should never, ever look at any job. And that's the interesting genius about Western civilization. We don't ever complain about the work we have to do. I found it so funny the other week. I was sitting there listening to these leftist liberals, these kind of like semi-nutcases that have finally figured it out. And they're like going like, I need, we need to vote for Trump. We need to vote for Trump. These leftists, they've left us behind. They're absolute nutcases. And then they're talking and chattering and all this fun stuff. And then you hear them talk and they say something like, you know, I forget what they say. It was Black Lives Matter is like the new communists. Or no, the new fascists. They're like the brown shirts. And it's like everybody wants to put on the German people a caricature that has been spoon-fed to them since children 
from Jews. You know, there is absolutely zero, zero parallels to a Black Lives Matter and the Democrats to what the Germans were. You know what the Germans did? They were poor. They were broke. They had no gold. They had all their resources stripped from them as far as monetary goods. So what they did is they said, look, we're going to start our own currency. It's going to be backed by the labor of the German people. And we will pay you one Deutschmark for one Deutschmark of work. In other words, you had to work to earn that one Deutschmark. How is that even remotely the same as freebies for everybody? Go riot on the streets and demand change and get more freebies because, hey, we need change. How is this mentality at all connected to a culture that demanded work? If you wanted one Deutschmark, you gave the state one hour or one Deutschmark of work. Wasn't necessarily an hour. It was one Deutschmark of work. If your work was this, we will pay you. And there's just no comparison to the German experience compared to what's going on now. And here's the interesting thing. We should really have some of our top people studying more closely the German experiment. Because right now, all of our money is in the hands of Jews who, for the most part, hate us. They want to see us dead. They want to see our businesses destroyed. They want to see our families thrown out of our house. They want to ensure that nobody can survive and live and grow spiritually. And ultimately, I would say that's probably the main issue here. Jews want to create a planet that is akin to a desert wasteland. How do they say it? They call it Sukos, which is like a perversion of the word success. Because to a Jew, Sukkos or success is bringing everything down to that of a barren desert where nobody has everything except for those at the very, very senior levels because, oh, they're so special. They wear yarmulkes and if they want, they could put beanies on them and put propellers, but they don't do that because they, they think that's corny as if wearing a yarmulke isn't corny enough, right? Because to me, I tell you what, that's a corny little hat. I don't care what you tell me. I look at that little hat, I said, dude, you look ridiculous. I know you think you look special, but you look like you're the tip of a you-know-what, okay? You might want to take that thing off because you really look ridiculous. But anyways, it's not going to happen, I guess. We're going to have to deal with these issues, deal with these terrorists, deal with these tyrants. And by the way, whatever you do, Don't paint a swastika out there because it's going to make national news, national headlines. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's just terrible. All right. Inside the Eye Live primetime. It's Thursday, everybody. Uh, Join us in the chat room. I've I've been there, but I haven't really spoken too much. Inside the Eye Live uh, primetime. It's quiet. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. It's not. It's quiet. That's quiet. It's not dead. I think under 10 is dead, guys, but it's it's quiet. Uh, it's, I guess if it's under five, it's terminal. Uh, but anyways, guys, we don't have a lot of you guys there. So Blackbird and Fake War, thanks for coming. Salmon MG, but, uh, I don't know. Maybe you guys, maybe they abandoned the show, guys. I'm not sure what happened, but nobody's there. Anyways, inside the iLive, um, 
Prime time again Thursday. Today's it's Thursday, September the twenty fourth, uh, two thousand and twenty. You know, I've been following a little bit of the sports scene. You know, I used to be a sports fan. I really did. I used to be a sports fan. I haven't watched any sports now, quite frankly, in I don't know, probably a month apart from NASCAR. I kind of like NASCAR, but I haven't watched any of this stuff. You know what annoys the heck out of me about watching sports? It's like a nonstop parade of virtual signaling. Like you watch these guys and they're like on camera and they're 50 feet from anybody and they're wearing a mask. And I'm like, you guys are just complete stupid idiots, man. Seriously. This whole mask scenario, this whole mask fiasco has just gotten so out of hand. I really don't know what to make of it. <sighs> I, you know, I encourage you guys, by the way, I don't know what's going on. Uh, uh, 808 Free and Awake invited me to join an open Hawaii group. You know, he's out in Hawaii and I, I did join it. I actually did join it. And I don't have anything stories, but you know, the stories come out of Hawaii are absolutely amazing. They are going now into another totalitarian style lockdown. We have totalitarian-style lockdowns going on in the many parts of the UK. We have totalitarian-style lockdowns going on in, inside of various portions of Australia. We have totalitarian lockdowns of the system in New Zealand. This is a global and coordinated takeover of national governments by a medical uh Tyranny, I guess, a medical tyranny by medical, using medical tyranny as the venue. I'm not sure how to word that one. But you know what? I'm basically calling on various governments out there. Those of you who do listen to me, look, there's no point in any of us, seriously, any of us giving our countries away to globalists. These are our countries. They're your countries. We deserve to have them. We deserve to tell these globalists to take a flying, you know what? Let's work smart and let's get this place back to life. It's the Fetch, everybody, inside the iLife Prime Time. Back with more right after this. All right, everybody. <clears throat> Welcome back. I think my voice is kind of warming up now, man. It was tough going that first three to five minutes. I hadn't spoken all day, literally. I just hadn't talked. I just kind of sitting in my house. It was let's go out to somebody who likes to talk, and that's a good thing. Vera out in Salmon Arm. Uh, Canada. Hi, Vera. How you been? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good over here. You know, we had one week of uh, smoke from all those fires. Now, I don't know how they swing that, what's happening in the atmosphere, because it just stayed here for a whole week. Mm. Yeah, here also you got like a... Winter's coming pretty quick. Uh, first week of October, we're going to have some big shift in uh, the weather towards the Midwest and the central part of Canada. I don't know where you are. I think you're closer towards the West. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, yeah, in the Plains the areas, yeah. the Plains areas and down into the Northeast are going to get some pretty cold weather. So get ready for oh, that. Oh, Winnipeg. Uh, my mom used to call it Winterpeg. And I'd call it in the winter. I lived out here. And uh, she'd say, oh, yeah, well, we're in the deep freeze out here, literally. Yeah, I, I had my my you know, parents grew up. A, my parents grew up in Minnesota and North Dakota. No, South Dakota. And, uh, 
You know, I had to hear every year, you know, why don't you want to go to school? We used to go to school in 40 below zero and we had to track through blizzards and you don't even want to go because there's a little bit of rain. Nowadays, there's a little bit of rain and all the parents are panic- panicking. <laughs> no, know, you can't go out. It's raining. You might get wet. Yeah. Hell, we were made to get wet. It's like, dude, get out there and get some, get that immune system. You know, that was the thing. We were, we built our immune systems, man, from just the way we played, you know? We did. And these kids nowadays, we it's did. like, come on, man. You're, you're putting them in, have you seen some of the pictures come out of like Portland, what they're doing to these children? You know, what? the way they're forcing them to, basically it's like a prison environment, six feet away. Uh, you have to line up. You got to get your yeah. temperature taken. You're basically in self-isolated boxes when you when you're doing your work. There's no socializing at all. There's no point in going to school. Quite frankly, you might as well homeschool and enjoy exactly. yourself. So There's now, no- if the parents have have at it, they could teach them the shit that they want to teach them, and I mean important shit about life, and then teach them the idiotic stuff they're teaching at the school. Okay, they because that's why they wanted the computers. They went out of their effing ways to get computers in places where, you know, they barely got anything else. But, boy, those little suckers got their cell phones. They can do whatever on the cell phone. I mean, you can have your whole life on that cell phone. And then I just thought, oh, and so this is now it's so convenient to go wireless, admittedly, but the kids are being inundated and now with 5G, okay, you might not understand its cumulative effects, Fetch, but a lot of different shit. It can affect your eyes, all kinds of things. And I haven't even been in touch with those people lately. Anyways, I want to say now, you know, about the uh, the mask and sports, mm-hmm. those guys I just heard yesterday or the day before, uh, they find two guys. A hundred thousand dollars for not having the mask on. Yeah, NFL so actually that's why they wear masks. fines were over a million dollars last weekend for not wearing masks on the on the field. It's just dumb. I mean, this yeah. is social virtue. This is virtue signaling to uh, uh, I don't know on steroids. It's just stupid. Every time I see a mask, quite frankly, I look at I see this as incompetence of. The medical industry, you know, this is just incompetent, guys. Exactly. You know, you guys should be better of anybody. Yeah. That, well, they should not be for sure. I saw something, you know, anyway. Right. Yeah, they shouldn't be for sure. Well, I talk to any of them and believe me, I tell them my end. And I tell them my husband almost died from a stupid vaccine. And all the other people, like we know one woman, uh, Garrett, my brother didn't really know him, but she was so afraid. She heard about, you know, all the different stuff. This is back in the 2009, the H1N1 or whatever they called it. Anyways, uh, she ran and got vaccinated, and she lived for, I think, maybe a week or two weeks, and she was dead. So it did good for her. Not likely. And, you know, it, it's. I think some people it's cumulative, and some people... They maybe can fight the shit off because I've actually spoke to someone in their 80s said that, oh, well, I get my flu vaccine every year and I'm all right. And I said, well, good for you. Yeah, I gave a you. high five to that one. Yeah, good for you. No, hey, the sports, they're going on their knees 
and then they're bringing up this black shit, so-and-so murdered, so-and-so this, so-and-so. We don't even know if that stuff's true, because they can say anything on that box. They've got crisis actors, you know, but they're still doing the other. So now you can't even get away from that crap. When you're watching sports, that's when people want to escape and just have their own little world. Well, you and now, know, there were guys in sports, they they said they wouldn't play if they had to do it without people. But I'm pretty sure they changed their minds because, you know, they wouldn't get their money otherwise, sure. right? So, yeah, but I think sports, though, is taking a huge dive. I think they're down. Uh, they keep talking about 12% this and 12% that and 30% that. But this is, if you look at it cumulative over the last couple of years, they're down almost 50% now over the their peak. So yeah. they're way down. And the NBA has pretty much destroyed themselves. Uh, football, from what I understand, pulled it back a bit this week. They didn't get so bad. And uh baseball, I yeah. don't know. I haven't been watching baseball. And hockey, for the most part, has been okay, I heard. Uh, but I haven't watched any sports. Yeah, I think. but you know what they have? Mm. Fetch, they show you, like, I think this was fateful, uh, uh, football. And, and my brother said, well, look, they've got cardboard cutouts. And I thought, no, because it actually kind of, you just glance, it looks like real people there. No, it is cardboard cutouts. They've yeah, got one baseball, black yeah, in the front. That's with baseball. A big, his mouth is wide open. Yeah, it's stupid. I mean, you know, baseball. Yeah, and they I know. Show it's it stupid. sideways. Yeah, it's stupid. Exactly. And now like teams what? are like, They're if, if a foul ball, get, if your if your caricature gets hit by a foul ball, we will sign the ball, and we are going to send it to you. I'm like, okay, whatever, dudes. Just put people in the stands and just shut up. <laughs> Seriously, just put people in the stands and shut up. So, uh, you know, sports and, and is, and I think, it's okay. We have an election coming up. We don't need the distraction. We need to focus. With all due respect, everybody needs to focus. So, and I told you, they try to make Trump look so stupid. There's a man now making an issue about not wearing the stupid mask, you know, because it's it's just fake information. So he shows himself without the mask. The odd people that come there, the ones that come to whatever rallies, some of them have a mask on and some don't. And guess what? It's their choice. Which is how it should be. Look, you, know, if you want to wear the mask. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to sit there and, oh, you take it. No, I don't care. Just mind your own business. That's it. Mind your own business. That's all we have Somehow, people have lost the idea mind their own business. You're cutting up, Fetch. It's okay. So we're, you were cutting up right there. Can, nothing I can do about it. It's the okay. internet, okay? And, hey, I want to ask you. Yeah. Is, is, is there something wrong with, uh, Putting uh, swastikas around. Well, apart from the uh, fact that it's graffiti. They already talked to one woman years ago, uh, and she had put the swastika herself on the door. And then they just said, well, she had an emotional problem afterwards. They actually said the truth, though, that it was her that did it, you know. Mm. She was in some college or university and then in one of those little housing unit things. But they had cameras, so they caught the girl doing it. Yeah. So well, the bottom line is that they waste so much time and energy over a stupid thing like this. Yes. It's and so look at, they already screwed the swastika and other emblems very similar. They had a spiritual attachment to it. Listen, Vera. So now they, the Jews went 
booted around. Vera, through the 1920s into the right? 30s, it was considered a good luck sign in America. It was they, part of our culture in America. It was a symbol of good luck. And you can see yeah. advertising using it all the way back in the 30s. You know, something, something with the swastika, you know, good luck, something like to that effect. So it was part of our oh, culture too. Oh, it was a symbol of, of prosperity and luck. So why are, if that was really its intent in our culture, why are we allowing Jews to bastardize and destroy a symbol that traditionally meant prosperity and good luck? Why are you, if this is That's our right. talisman, exactly. why are we allowing Jews to harm our talisman? Because now that yeah. that is We're going to allow them with their six pointed star yes. all over the place, and we all know that you know, a hex is to be. Like, hey, look! If you put a hex on me, it's evil, right? Well, that's a hexagon, so that's the hex they're talking about. So, therefore, that's an evil symbol. That's as I see it. In a way, yes. In that way, yes. Anyways, and uh, how come you're always picking on the Jews, Fetch? I just oh, don't I'm get not, it. I'm not picking on the Jews. I'm just I'm highlighting kidding, their culture. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I know. No, I'm <clears> kidding. <throat> I know that. And and uh, another thing they did, they went and bastardized the rainbow. Because now that's all for the gay people. Well, Jews create... And we pay for it. Yeah, and the funny thing is, we've always said, back when we were doing the esoteric work, uh, Jews create nothing. They literally take something, pervert it, and invert it, and then make it their own. And destroy things. They really yeah. don't create anything. If you can show me anything that a Jew has created other than evil, uh, okay, show it to me. I'm My doors are open, but show me. Well, they have made a little bit of, of uh, food. Some of their dishes has been what? whatever, gefilte wherever fish? they got them from, my quick, like European type My stuff, cats you know? wouldn't even eat gefilte fish, okay? Okay, well. Come on, they don't make food. Really? Yes, come. Who's gonna eat gefilte fish? That's disgusting. Even Jews admit. I don't gefilte. even know what the heck it is. Even, other than it sounds weird. Even and, Jews admit gefilte fish is disgusting, and yet they'll still eat it. But they know it's uh, disgusting. But it's like, oh, let's try to make your gefilte fish delicious this Passover. Here's how you do it. It's like you can't make gefilte fish tasty. Come on, guys. No matter what you do, it, it's just not gonna work. All right, Vera, let's move along. Well, maybe if you poured spices on it. Yeah. You know, like, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so anyways, I just wanted to say a few words. Well, thank and you. everything's all right with you, eh, Fest? You know, apart from being not able to go home, yeah, it's great. Actually, it's very, very good. Oh. Uh, no complaints, man. I'm still smiling. Okay, good. Okay, I'll let you go. Thank you, ma'am. Maybe 808 will call in. There you go. All right. See you soon. Okay, thanks, Vera. Okay, bye. That's Vera, everybody, out in Salmon Arm, 323-275-1314. That's 1323-275-1314. We want to go back to this CDC story. And the reason why I want to do that is because I didn't finish it. But we had Rand Paul. Hey, it's Rand Paul. And Fauci sparring the other day, yesterday. And then what happened was we had a statement from the Health and Human Services spokesperson. And his name was, started with a C. His name was Michael Caputo. See, I remember a C. And he's saying here that the CDC has a plot against the president 
and urged Trump supporters to buy ammunition. And he put that out on a private Facebook where he doesn't even have a big audience, you know. It's more with family and friends. He's saying, hey, look, there's a, there is a conspiracy here. And then you had Redfield, who's the guy that runs the CDC. He comes on and basically, well, I can't believe he said that. This is unprofessional. Uh, for somebody to talk like this, it's just not right. Where in the meantime, Cavuto is Cavuto who is a spokesperson for the Health and Human Services, is saying, hey, there is a resistance unit inside the CDC, and they're basically part of a seditious movement. Now, Redfield is talking to us saying, you know, it, it deeply saddened me, he says, that those false accusations were made about a group of really unbelievably professional people that serve this nation. And that's CDC Director Redfield. But Mr. Redfield, your top people made 8,000 donations to the Democrats, to various organizations that are progressive. It's clear, Mr. Redfield, that there is a clique, at minimum, an organized group inside the CDC. It's obvious. Now, the HHS, Youth and Youth Health and Human Services, also announced that Paul Ag- Alexander, it's another guy that was kind of working with him, is also uh, uh, not just, re- he's just resigning straight up. So, this is a serious issue, guys. I mean, this just happened yesterday and today. So, over the past few days, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control has already made a couple revisions to their guidelines. So essentially what we see in the CDC is a ton of flip-flops. At the same time, we have somebody that is associated with them, knows how they work, telling us, the American people, that there is a seditious plot, a conspiracy inside the CDC. Now on September the 18th, not so long ago, the agency updated language on its website and stated that the virus can spread across distances further than six feet. And oy vey, I wouldn't be surprised if they could get away with it, that they would say it travels 13 feet, 40 feet, 927 feet. Hell, it blows with the wind, which may actually, who knows? Because you had people coming down with this virus in some remote villages in the middle of nowhere in the desert. How the hell did the disease get there? Like they say, a virus is going to virus, man. You can't stop it no matter what you do. So in this case, the CDC has been completely, I don't know, I don't fish out of water, flip-flopping this way, flip-flopping that way. It just never keeps, never can hold a position for very long. But the biggest flip-flop they had was that on August 29th, they came out with a pretty interesting report here. Only 9,210 Americans died from COVID-19 alone. Only 9,210 people actually died from this disease. The rest had different, completely other, I guess you could say, serious illnesses. And essentially the vast majority of those had two or more comorbidities. So when you have a Rand Paul 
going and tackling and confronting a Fauci about, don't you have any second, second thoughts about this? And you would think so. Look, we, we, you, you destroyed so many lives, so many Americans. You created a wealth transfer of hundreds of billions of dollars from the American middle class to eight to nine Jewish oligarchs. And somehow the American people aren't supposed to be a little bit incensed about this. The problem with the vast majority of American people right now, quite frankly, they're not, you are in this audience, but the vast majority of the American audience isn't willing to look at the Jewish issue. The American people, seriously, the American people gave up 450 plus billion dollars, of which 30 some odd plus billion dollars went to Jeff Bezos himself. But you had a wealth transfer to eight Jewish oligarchs of 450 plus billion dollars. And yet this Fauci punk is going to get up and say, well, we couldn't have broken it without all this social distancing. No, this guy lied to the American people, to the president from day one. This was a coordinated scare from the very get-go. See, you don't know, and I don't know, that everything that went on Wuhan could have been just part of the game. Because we have in Wuhan now, just about four weeks ago, three weeks ago, a giant, like, rave party, some type of dance party. Nobody's wearing masks. And this is supposed to be ground zero. And they're, like, complaining all these deaths and all this. But you know what? Maybe that was just one big charade. They did it just to create this impression. We don't know. Because we know this was coordinated at the highest levels of the ruling establishment on this planet. I mean, think about that. This was coordinated by the highest level of the ruling establishment of planet Earth, and that goes above and beyond any national government out there. This thing is way high. It's so high, the President of the United States can't even do much about it. It's so high, very few national leaders were willing to even question it. Everybody went along for the ride because, hey, somebody, something super elevated on the controlling scale of planet Earth said, you're going to have to do this. And they all did it. And they shut down the world. And for the most part, the world is still shut down. They're now shutting down the UK further. They're shutting down Victoria. They're actually, they are actually policing the borders of like Victoria and, and North South Wales or New South Wales or one of these provinces inside of the UK, inside of Australia. They're patrolling internal borders. They're giving 10,000 pound fines if you walk outside your front door. They're saying we can't rely on government. The government can't be relying on snitches. We need our police out there to make sure and enforce these laws. Guys, this was a complete fraud from the day one. Fauci and Burks went in there and told us we had to shut this thing down based on something that ultimately killed a whopping 9,000 people. And you can go on with the sad stories. say, Oh, one death is too much and all of that crap. But I'll tell you what, guys, 
There's lots of things that can kill you out there. And the fact of the matter is, is that if everybody stays home and does nothing, yeah, actually we cut deaths way down from all different sources, at least the visible deaths, the recordable ones. But guess what? Suicides went up. Lots of domestic violence things went up. Child abuse went up. Mental health went up. People had experiences where some people are reporting six, seven of their friends killing themselves. Why? Because in a Western world, the white male, the really male, he wants to work. He wants to provide for his family. And when he gets to the point where he can't provide for his family, the default option, and it's almost a program, is to self-terminate. And don't you think that the rulers of this planet understand? don't understand that? Of course they do. They understand this. So to get a bunch of white males to self-terminate, to them, hey, this is a win-win situation. Because that's the reality of what's going on. Women will be a little bit more uh, reserved. And they're not going to self-terminate. But they're going to be faced with other challenges. Let's say other opportunities are going to be presented to them. And they may find themselves in situations that in a healthy environment they would not be putting themselves into. And we did this all. We created all this mess for 9,000 deaths. It absolutely makes no sense. Then you have the director general of who? He comes out in March, guys, if you recall. See, this is how deep this fraud goes. This guy comes out in March to Doros, and he's basically saying, hey, look, this is scary stuff. You gotta shut down your planet. You gotta quit working. And he was lying. The second major difference is that COVID-19 causes more severe disease than seasonal influenza. While many people globally have built up immunity to seasonal flu strains, COVID-19 is a new virus to which no one has immunity. That means more people are susceptible to infection and some will suffer severe disease. Globally, about 3.4% of reported COVID-19 cases have died. By comparison, seasonal flu generally kills far fewer than 1% of those infected. All right, back with more after this, everybody. We'll put that in perspective. It's the Fetch Inside the Eye Live Primetime. Back after this. All right, everybody, uh, multitasking here. Get a little bit stuck not following up, but hello, welcome back. It's the Fetch Inside the Eye Live again, primetime. I just feel like Saturday already. You know, I'm on vacation, guys. It's really, really, really cool. Uh, so yeah, I'm definitely on vacation. It's nice to be on vacation, quite frankly. So I've got, uh, tomorrow off. Uh, I'm probably gonna go out and buy some studio stuff for the video side. We're looking to start doing some more live, if not live streaming, at least some video work to try to expand the brand. Uh, uh, hello. <laughs> I got somebody here. I just... Hey, you wanna, you wanna hear something kind of funny? Yeah, go oh ahead. Oh my, I've yeah, got go, my. Yeah, go ahead. Got my echo going on here. Yeah. Uh, Sunday the thirteenth, I was out for a walk and uh, I saw a, a buzzard, 
And so I was just singing and talking to it and flapping my arms like wings, right? And I guess it thought I was, uh, you know, with bare legs. I was this white meat going through its death throes. So it went and got its buddies. <laughs> so there were four vultures circling me. I was just indignant. I ended up growling at them, and that, that, was, that was enough to send them away. That happened one other time when I was a teenager, sunbathing out in tall grass and you know, a bunch of us would we nicknamed the field uh, West Palm Beach, and you know everybody's trying to get dark back there in the late '60s with a uh, baby oil and iodine, and uh, so there was no breeze, and I heard the grass move, and I looked, and here's these three vulture faces coming at me. I'm like, wow! <laughs> and I stood up and threw the bottle at them and yelled at them and stuff. So, so I don't know what it is. I guess I look tasty to vultures. Yeah, I'm not go, sure. Man. That's not, I'm not sure that's a good thing. You know what, guys, I think I actually lost, how do you, that's not cool, man. I forgot to hit this button. I think I lost the entire Scaredy Cat interview. Her, I think I lost her Uh-oh. entire segment. Scaredy Cat, if you're listening I, I still, you're going to have to, <laughs> you got there because you called in, but I don't think it went to tape. Yep. It didn't go to tape and it didn't go out. It was just inside the circle here. Ah, stupid, yeah. stupid, stupid, stupid. All right, sorry about that. Got to try it again. Uh, you know, I need a producer, man. I need a producer. Anyways, anyways, Mer, yeah. real quick, let's get this moving. Now my right. brain's discombobulated. Thank thanks oh. so. All right, th- thanks so much. All right, Bye-bye. so guys, I I apologize. I missed that whole thing. I actually just missed it. So, what we're gonna do now? I think we have about fifteen minutes. We're gonna go out to a new host. Here at, uh, inside, at Revolution Radio. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. Let's see, I gotta go. Where is this guy at? Where are you at, dude? Mr. Giuseppe, where are you? Where did you come see me at? Let's see. I don't know where I got you at. Where were you, dude? Chats. And this, no? <laughs> we're not hearing you. Yeah, okay. Well, anyways, we're going to go out to, uh, I don't know what he goes by on the radio. I've just heard some good things about this guy uh, through the grapevine. So I'm going to give him a quick call now. And uh, guy, I, let him let him tell us. It's a little bit loud. Okay. Hello, Dennis. Hello, sir. I, you know what? I've heard you've been working. Give us your radio t- title. Is it Giuseppe or what? Yeah, Giuseppe from the District of Criminals, generally. Ah, okay, so I do have that right. You know, I have been hearing some good things about you. Uh, you're a new host here at Revolution Radio? That's correct. I've been, uh, you know, I'm hearing an echo, Dennis. Are you running something? Uh, yeah, but I don't know why. Is it, is that better? Okay. It's probably coming through my headphones into the, into the mic. Okay. There it's gone. Yeah, right, it's fantastic. Yeah, I had to turn you down just a little um, bit. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I pretty much was uh, content to follow yourself and Jim Fetzer and all the greats for the last, uh, uh, you know, 20 years or so. And then, but the latest machinations by the uh, globalist parasites, as Henry Ford so aptly titled them 100 years ago, the internationalist Jew. I just had enough and I started to call into Jim's show and then, uh, it was pretty well received and then, uh, formed a friendship with, uh, David Scorpio and got to be like his, uh, co-host and 
since then, I now have uh, my own show on Fridays on Studio A, 6 to 8 p.m., called The Perfect Triangle, the concept being that in this bipolar world, if we add three sides of an issue, uh, a perfect equilateral triangle, maybe we can have a little uh, decorum and, and sanity and, and come up with some solutions as opposed to just these immature types screaming at each other. And um, then Scorpio is my co-host, and I become his co-host right after you on Saturday. And um, we just launched a new show Wednesdays from noon to 2 called The Wisdom Circle. So, you know, it's sad, man. The Western world, uh, the, the, the mind control efforts of the uh, the globalist parasites have really dumbed down a lot of people, and they can't think. And so especially want to... Uh, start to uh, advocate for wisdom again and people acting sanely and, and not obediently putting on masks and stupidity just uh, to comply. And so, uh, but I wanted to introduce myself and I've been a huge fan of yours for years and really admire your courage. And you just call it as you see it, which even better is the truth. So uh, thank you for everything you do. Well, thank you. It's uh, great to have some new hosts coming on board too, like yourself, who actually gets it and can amplify what, as you know, we've been doing for years and years and years. So it's it's great to hear that uh, uh, you are now following with Scorpio my show directly. I think you guys are probably the best fit I've ever had here to follow my show ever. Uh, so it should work for you because your audience and my audience kind of share little parallels with each other. So it's not like once I'm done, people tune out and leave. They can join your show, stay tuned to the radio, just put in the background if they want and keep listening. I don't think we've ever had that here at Revolution Radio since I've been here, quite frankly. I think always we've had some something would be so different that, you know, after my show's done, okay, good night, see you later. And so it's great oh, that yeah. you guys agreed to take that slot, that extra hour. And how's it working for you guys? It's going great. I mean, uh, the highest compliment, you know, uh, heavy hitters like Barbara, who goes by snippets in the chat room, and she puts up that phenomenal array of cartoons mm -hmm. and snippets and snappets uh, blogspot. And she said that, you know, man, my whole day, I, I just love it because first it's Dennis Fetchu and then you guys. And so we we absolutely made an effort to have a, a seamless flow from you into the three mm -hmm. hours. And uh, Scorpio is such a brilliant investigator, and he's come up with things like uh, the uh, New Barbarians. Uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with that fella, a young Dr. Donegan in the 60s was given a talk by – an Illuminati member, this Dr. Day, who gave a talk to a bunch of young, uh, recently out of medical school, uh, new board certified, uh, physicians, and he laid out this plan of the New World Order. Uh, they thought what's going on now would happen by the end of the 20th century, and it took 20 years longer, but they've had this going on for a long time. And, of course, we know who's behind all those machinations, the satanic internationalist Jew. And uh, mm -hmm. so anyway, yeah, I'm honored to follow you, and I'm actually honored to be talking to you. I'm a big fan of yours. Well, thank you so much. I'll have to give your show a, sh a shot here, and but it's hard sometimes because I'm doing three hours, as you know, and you're just beat. You know, it's dinner time, so I'm like, okay, I gotta Oh, no, no, I understand completely. Yeah, it's, it's tough. And people don't understand 
everything that goes into the prep work of uh, doing a radio show, and then you 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 have to be so mentally sharp and on for three straight hours because you have to react to anything that's happening. It it really is a different kind of exercise. It's, it it has a similar effect on the body, but it's mental exercise, not physical exercise. Exactly, and you kind of sometimes you just burn. What do you guys mainly? You, I, I did notice your the 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 perfect triangle. I thought okay, I kind of get that one. That's that's a clever title. Now you have the wisdom circle. Yes, mm-hmm. that's uh, uh, the first episode was uh, this past uh, Wednesday, the twenty third of September. And the idea being that we want to bring in, uh, and if you'd ever like to participate, that'd be great. The first uh, topic we had uh, last Wednesday, we had uh, Mike Gaddy, the rebel madman, who's amazing original source historian, and he was our guest. And we looked at the uh, the idea of this great reset, which is such a scam to push the world towards a bipolar globalist uh, control. And and I don't know if you've gone on YouTube and seen the uh, five minute uh, promo video the World Economic Forum did, and and it's it's so saccharine and so maudlin, and they make it seem like they're so noble in what they're trying to achieve when the actual intent is so sinister and so satanic. It's just this modern world is just insane. Yeah, I, my hope is that because we do know some people do listen to us. Um, that we would have some nationalist leaders step forward and say, hey, I, I'm not going to sacrifice my country, my people to this agenda. Uh, that's not the case as we see in Australia right now. It's certainly not the case with Boris Johnson out in the UK. Uh, certainly right. not the case with New Zealand. Uh, Hawaii would be like a separate island, but it has a huge problem. Uh, we have, of course, many states, as you know, in America in the same situation. Uh, Canada. So I would hope, quite frankly, that people understand this is a global agenda that is transnational and it is simply not sane and sustainable for the nation state and for patriotic people to come forward and rationally start to work their way out of this. And that includes, if necessary, taking out these medical tyrants that have been put into these positions. Well stated. I mean, it's really tragic that uh, the uh, the mind control propaganda is anyone who wants to stand up for the great experiment, the sovereign nation of the United States, is immediately branded uh, a Nazi, mm-hmm. a, a white supremacist, a uh, 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 racist. It's so it's so sickening. You know, that, Giuseppe, uh, what I don't it, get works. about Americans. Here's what I don't get about the American. You get it. I get it. Obviously, the listeners here get it. Your audience probably gets it, too. But they don't put two and two together that, you know, they, the guy that got killed, uh, I don't know where he got killed. Who was this? But I forget. Oh, no, the guy that killed himself in Wichita or something in Kansas or Oklahoma. Oh, in Nebraska. Nebraska. Right, right. That was so sad. So yeah. sad. And then you have all these people say, well, he was a white supremacist. It's like, but nobody's putting two and two together that the reason this whole idea of the white supremacists in quotation marks exists is from Jewish intellectuals. This is coming from the Jewish exactly. elite. So it, this is a, yep. this is a Jewish war on the American people. Because the American people, they get it's not right. They do get that. But they can't put two and two together and say, hey, why don't you understand? White supremacist was a concept advanced by Jewish media for so long. And now with the uh, amplification 
or force multiplier of education, it's become a thing that people actually do believe in it and will act on. Oh my God. You're so right. I mean, imagine that, uh, as you well know, the famous, uh, clip from, uh, the nice uh, Irish girl Amy Goodman talking to the retired Jewish Israeli minister and, and Amy Goodman asks her, uh, well, why do you, uh, why do you, uh, uh, use, uh, uh, there's anti-Semitic thought in America and, and then she, for whatever reason, she was brutally honest, the, the Israeli, she goes, well, you know, what we do is whenever we don't like what someone's saying in America, we call them a Holocaust denier. Um, and, and, uh, it, oh no, no, I have it backwards. In America, we call them anti-Semitic and in Europe, we call them a Holocaust denier and it, it never fails. And they just, that's what they do with white supremacists. That's what they do with racists. That's what they do with Nazi. It's this label that the average Americans, sadly, is so entrained to believe the Holocaust was real and those poor Jews. How many, how many times can six million die? There's only 23 million on the face of the earth. They, they should be in the negative by now. And it's, it's just nobody stops and thinks even for five minutes, just a little bit of critical thinking that these outrageous lies and they take them as, as gospel truth. It makes no sense. You know, and another thing they don't get. And they need to wise up quick. At least I know Trump got it. That's why he focused on the supply lines. But you have the, all these supply lines, food lines being cut. Now, I don't think people are going to be starving in America, but certainly you may have people going hungry. But now, I don't know if you heard, today Germany cut all agricultural production for the next few weeks because of quote-unquote swine fever or whatever it is that goes through the animal population. Which means oh, no, right no, at no, harvest no. time, right at harvest time, wink, wink, oh, we got a problem with swine flu. We got to shut down our agriculture. And they timed it right with the harvest. And people just yeah, man, can't put two and two together. It's well stated because if you think about it, the whole phase one of the COVID initial lockdown was – uh uh a test, I believe. Shut everything down. See how people react. Uh, what are they going to do? How are they going to react when the when the uh, store shelves are bare? That they have to stay in. That they have to wear a mask. That they the, and it worked so well. You know, it's coming again, and it's going to be so much worse. And you know, what's interesting is they had prepped everything for years. You can't have a garden. You can't make a garden. You can't grow your own food. Right. Right. You know, this whole time, and and you know, during World War II, you know, we had the Liberty Gardens. And we're saying, hey, we can feed all these people. If we all just donate 15 square feet of land, we can do all this great stuff. And everybody got behind it. And now we got leaders in the government saying, you're not allowed to grow your own food while they're cutting the supply lines. It's absolutely insane until you understand it's a coordinated takedown of the American people. And Western Europe as well, right? Mm, yeah, of course, of course. Well, Dennis, again, it's an honor. I look forward to hopefully talking with you on a regular basis because uh, you're one of the greats. You and uh, Frederick C. Blackburn have really been uh, carrying the torch, and it's time slowly. You know what's interesting, Dennis, is is in my own circles in America, I've done many things, and I have friends in many states. People are starting to wake up to the globalist issue. They don't necessarily understand it's the internationalist Jew, but they do understand that they're country they love, the sovereign 
great experiment the United States is under attack. And if you can get that far, it's not long before you get to see who the real enemy is. True. It's actually just a short little jump from there. And at least they're right. focused on the right enemy here. I think we're going into the end of the show there. Hey, thanks, Giuseppe, for uh, getting in touch. We'll be in touch soon. And, guys, that's the yeah, show. My, my honor. All right. Inside the Eye Prime Time, everybody. See you Saturday inside the Eye Live, 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern. Good night. <laughs>